everybody. Welcome to this very special bonus episode of uh, The Magpies, uh, where today we are leaving Blades in the Dark, The Magpies, and Duskwall behind for a game of Thirsty Sword Lesbians. This has nothing to do with our regular setting, but... I feel that this is uh, very appropriate for who we are as a show. Uh, one of our unofficial subtitles is Be Gay, Do Crime. So this, this, this felt right. Um, and uh, I am very lucky today that I get to play instead of GM uh, because we have uh, the game's creator, April, running Thirsty Store Lesbians for us. So April, uh, tell us about the game. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm April Walsh. My pronouns are she, her, or zezer, and I'm the creator of Thirsty Sword Lesbians. This is a game celebrating queer love and power in any setting where swords cross and hearts beat, and it explores uh, romance among angsty disaster lesbians with swords. So you could definitely be sword lesbians in Duskval with this system. Uh, but we are going to be in space. This is one of the six core settings presented in the book, written by me and other contributing authors. This is the Starcross Galaxy. And we are on Kickstarter. You can find the game at swordlesbians.com or sword.gay. And you can follow me on Twitter at <laughs> Gay Spaceship Games. Congratulations on getting those those domains locked in. Like, damn. The .gay domain and, came just in time. For <laughs> and I, I will I will include those uh, links in the show notes as well, so folks can find them. I found out .gay was like um, the yeah. domain name option just so like a week or so ago, and I'm delighted by its existence. This is the first I've heard of it, and I am I am also just thrilled. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, where where do we want to start well, I would love things off today? For you to introduce the lovely characters that you've all created. So you all have characters and have done the individual steps in character creation. We've also worked together to uh, create a palette of stuff people want to see as well as things they don't want to see and uh, lines and veils for safety purposes. Um, so let's hear about the characters, and then we will do the collaborative parts of character creation, and then get into the story. So, Ree, do you want to start us off? Uh, I'm Ree, pronouns are she and her, uh, and I'm usually the GM of the Magpies, but today I get to be a player. I am playing uh, Captain Aurelia Quintus, the Devoted. Um, this is a, a selfless protector uh, who is committed to a person or cause, um, and uh, they basically are constantly kind of in a struggle between uh, their, their devotion to their, their cause and actually taking care of themselves. Um, Aurelia uh, was a member of the, the military uh, on the uh, formerly free planet of Ad Astra, um, but it was conquered by the Void Emperor some years ago, and Aurelia um, was among the, the last... Uh, group of, of refugees and, and stragglers from the, the defending army um, to escape the, the conquest. Uh, and since then, she has been part of a, a rebellion against the Void Empire. Um, and her uh, basically her devotion is to see her homeworld freed from the Empire. Um, and yeah, that's, that's her whole deal. She has a sword. It's a, a well-worn sword. She has a military uniform that she wears most of the time. Great. All right, who's next? I'm Minna, pronouns she, her. Uh, I'm going to be playing Keely Reich, who is the trickster playbook. Uh, the trickster is devious and calculating. They fear closeness, sincerity, and vulnerability. If they show you the truth of the heart, they'll be wearing a mask to do it. Their central conflict lies in desiring closeness while fearing vulnerability. And she is, she has a mercurial demeanor and wears clothes to play a role. So pretty much whatever fits the situation and makes her into the person that she wants to show you is what she's going to be wearing. And a surprising sword, which I think is like curved, some kind of curved deadly blade. 
Is it like extra flexible? Is that why it's surprising? People don't expect it to I was whip around and like confetti. Like what? <laughs> I said I was imagining confetti for a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I guess I'm not very good at swords. Uh, I just thought it would be a weird shape, and that would be surprising. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> Why is your sword so weird? He mostly uses it to like probably hack at people and like try and get their swords away from them more than she does for like you know actual like thrusting god everything yeah. you say about swords sounds a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprising sword you have keely yeah i didn't want to say it but you're right <laughs> I'm glad everyone is in the right frame of mind for for some <laughs> yep. some gay hijinks. <laughs> um, all right, Josie, tell us about your character. Hi, I'm Josie. I normally play Minx. My pronouns are she, her, or it, its. Um, I'm playing Meliarix, the Void Dragon, <laughs> or just Mel. Um, uh, she's the Beast Playbook, which is about kind of living your truth. Um, and having really powerful and kind of unconventional emotions and trying to fit into society around you and maybe not entirely fitting, um, which makes sense because Meliarix is literally just a dragon uh, in a human form. Um, and in this setting, dragons are born out of stars. So she's kind of a nebula dragon. Um she, speaking of that world that got conquered, uh, she helped do that. Whoops! Um, <laughs> she served the Void Empress for a while, not so much out of loyalty, but more out of the promises, promise of kisses and food. <laughs> um, which, fun fact, is the way to get me to do just about anything. Um, <laughs> um, but eventually she kind of realized she was just being used and left to go off and like find herself a little bit and took human form and has just been bopping around and kind of accidentally fell in with the rebellion just by circumstance um but yeah all right fantastic and last but not least kim tell us about your character hi uh i'm kim <laughs> she her i normally play blair uh, but today I am playing Princess Sidonia, uh, who is a Mantarian, which is an amphibious humanoid um, manta ray-like alien species of my own creation. Um, she is the playbook The Chosen. Um, her aesthetics are a benevolent demeanor, clothes denoting status, and an ancestral sword. Um, her whole deal is that uh, when she was young, the Void Empire uh, took over her planet and rendered her entire species more or less homeless. So her whole deal is that um, when she was young, the Void Empire took over her home planet of Tsunautica, I think I called it. I came up with these names like an mm-hmm. hour ago. Tsunautica. <laughs> <laughs> um, her home planet of Tsunautica. Um, and ever since, her people have just kind of been scattered across the galaxy and unable to find a home. And because they're not living in optimal conditions for their species, the Mantarians are dying off and facing extinction. And an important aspect of the Chosen playbook is that all Chosen characters have a destiny. They have some expectations placed upon them that they are expected to fulfill. And Zidonia's destiny is that she is to marry one of her own kind from a pool of suitors, her parents, the king and queen have chosen for her. But she's not super interested in that and basically help lead her people into a new age of prosperity, hopefully regain their home planet, if not find a new one. The monarchy is very quietly working with the rebellion in order to do so. I think that's everything. (laughs) So we have our sword lesbians and our scenario will begin when the queen of Sunautica, which is Princess Sidonia's world, reaches out to Aurelia, 
the rebellion contact and informs her that in a matter of days, the Void Empress herself will be coming to Sunautica to see the progress <gasps> of the Empire's new colony. And this is a rare opportunity to have access to her private yacht where she keeps war plans and war crime diaries and the rebellion suspects the plans to a new weapon that the void empire could deploy to crush the resistance in the galaxy so fortunately for you you have mel who has been on the empress's yacht might even be allowed back on the yacht. The Empire doesn't know that Mel has defected. They just know that she's been missing. So it's a risky opportunity, but it's too good to pass up. What the Queen's personal request is to you, Aurelia, is that you'll keep her daughter safe no matter what, because the political situation on Sunautica is volcanic and could erupt at the slightest provocation. There are people, there are subjects of hers who want a more open resistance to the Empire, uh, who don't even know that they are resisting, uh, who might mm -hmm. take this as an opportunity to escalate things. Her position is that that would be bad, that the world is better off pretending to comply and so she is asking you to make sure that any other rebellious elements don't use this as an opportunity to ignite a conflagration. And if the worst happens, to at least save her daughter. So the team, the team is Aurelia, the, uh, the contact, Mel, who has access to the yacht, Keely, who is very devious and sneaky, and you'll be working with Princess Sidonia, um, who is on the planet. Although, of course, she will have many other duties. Two of her suitors will be in attendance at the celebration, uh. and you should really try to not involve her in anything dangerous or anything that would distract from her princessly duties. Are we going to get in danger? <laughs> <laughs> So tell me, um, those of you who do not live on this planet, how do you stealthily get to a Void Empire-occupied world without arousing suspicion? Oh, man. By not letting Mel drive. <laughs> <laughs> how are the other guests getting here? Because I feel like we could hitch a ride with a guest. That's plausible. There are some other yeah. dignitaries from neutral worlds who are coming. These are worlds that the Empire is trying to court. And yeah, tell me, tell me, Trickster, about your contact. Who has been invited to this event? Who is sympathetic, if not to the Rebellion, then at least to you? So I think there's a planetary leader that I do business with, uh, mm -hmm. who's also become kind of a friend. Um... And they've probably managed to snag an invite. And I'm like, hey, I've always wanted to see a Void Empire party. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> also, my friend would like to come as well. I think they might even have an invite. Okay. So what I'm going to suggest is that this planetary leader uh, has a string on you. They're doing you a favor. Um, so <laughs> they're going to take a string on you. And... Um, do you have a preference for like species or or anything like that? No? Okay. I'm good. Um, I'm happy with whatever. I'm gonna toss in um, Princess Tentacula. So this is <laughs> a um, a buff blue skinned uh, octopus woman with big long red tentacles for hair. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. So Princess Tentacula <laughs> of Blood Sea. Uh, is an aquatic princess from another world who is um, <laughs> here. There was 
you know, some childhood talk that she and Cydonia might be a good match, but um, that's all gone by the wayside because of the um, the uh, fertility needs of the Mantarians and, all, and also because of the Imperial occupation. Um, but you might be able to foist off some of the suitors on her. Unclear. We'll see when you're there. Uh, but Princess Tentacula is is definitely someone you can charm um, into taking you along. There's some like Shimbo energy uh, that she's got. So, um, so yeah, she's not going to ask too many questions about your friends. It's okay. I'm I'm just picturing that like because Aurelia has to be in disguise to some degree. So I think that there's like. Uh, her her hair is like pinned back, and she's got like a hat pulled down real low, and like a, a dark coat mm-hmm. with the the collar flipped up. I'm setting this up purely so that when it's most dramatically appropriate, I can whip off my disguise and reveal the military uniform I've been wearing. Oh, great! You're just you're in rebel uniform. It's perfect. Okay, great. Yeah, why not? <laughs> what is mission security? I have scrubbed up well. <laughs> I, I would like to let you know. So Mel, Mel, um, sort of assimilating and fitting in versus expressing yourself is the whole core of the Beast playbook. So how does it feel and what does it look like for you to be undercover? That's the thing, though. I'm not sure Mel is undercover. She uh. can theoretically go as herself. Right. So, but as far as Tentacula is concerned, her good friend Keely is is saying, you know, I am going to bring some passengers. And Tenta's like, oh, sure, any friend of yours is a friend of mine. And then your know, galactically renowned murder dragon uh, shows up. <laughs> is that is that how it goes? Like, I'm cool with that. I'm just asking because well, that I, would I don't be think fun. People know her human form. <laughs> okay. Right. So you're just Mel. This is Mel. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And you're just passing, right? You're you are you are assimilating as an unremarkable human, or what does uh, it look like? Um, Mel is definitely not unremarkable, although a fair bit <laughs> of it could be written off as like body mods because this is the future. We can do shit like that. She's she she's a big girl. She's like six foot three. Mm. Um has slightly darker skin, kind of an Egyptian or that area of the world sort of complexion. Um, uh, she kind of has a bit of a perpetual bedhead in hair <laughs> down to her shoulders. Amazing. Um, despite the bedhead, it's her hair is kind of a gradient from like the deep purple up top down to the blue at the tips. Um, which most people would assume to be a body mod, but that her hair just naturally looks like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is maybe a hint at her more draconic coloration. And she's definitely rolling up to this party in super casual clothes, because don't try to fit her in a dress or a suit. She, she will bite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she's kind of got big black space Doc Martens and uh, mm-hmm. a black tank top with the back, what one of the really pinched in backs. Um, this is theoretically to leave room for her wings when they come out. But mm. anyone who's interested just gets a face, face full of rippling back muscle because she's just sort of like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say jacked, but definitely carrying a lot of like natural muscle. Because that's how dragons work. Um, Love it. And, and her sword is a Starforged sword that's almost as tall as she is and has a black blade. Love it. Uh, Tenta is definitely down to arm wrestle anytime. <laughs> we'll be very <laughs> <Yes>. impressed. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, also she has the uh, black Slayra eyes with the red pupils. <laughs> Ooh, nice, nice. I do need to describe my character at some point. <laughs> I've just realized <laughs> that I have not once described my character on the air. Yeah, do it, <laughs> do it now. Keely mostly looks human. No, that's a lie. Keely is kind of human shaped <laughs> and has a human face, uh, with like dark brown hair 
that's usually, like, just looped up out of the way. The thing she does have is very large gray bird wings, and also, like, a bunch of feathers around her shoulders and, like, breastbone and neck. She is a bird person. No big deal. Just (laughs) very large wings she has to maneuver around all the time. So she's not necessarily a subtle person. Like, she's very noticeable, but also she's, like, you don't expect her to be what she is. And I think on the ship, like, she's just wearing, like, casual, nice but casual clothes, like, comfortable for being, for traveling in. But for the party, she definitely does dress up a bit. But I think it's, like, more of, like, a nice shirt and pants situation than, like, I'm going to dress to the nines. Okay. Okay, so we've got, like, trench coat, nice shirt and pants, casual clothes. <laughs> um, Tenta is in her formal armor uh, for dancing. Love it. And <laughs> um, you you approach the world of Sunautica. So I know that Mel has been here before. I know that Keely has been here before. Aurelia, do you think you've been here? Have you met with the... Um, with Well, you've met... Sidonia, the princess, was that here yeah. or off-world? That's a good question. I, I like the idea that I have actually never been on the world. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think that, like, we, that Sidonia and I would meet at, at you know, Sidonia would be sent off on some diplomatic mission or, or you know, to, to meet with someone and I would meet her at, you know, another location and then we would go off to do whatever rebellion stuff right um yeah i i think that this is my my first time actually being on the planet okay yeah now i'm trying to wonder whether or not for sidonia if this is her first time back to synodica since um she and her family and basically all of her people were forced off of it Um, oh really yeah, I don't know, because I could see it happening either way. Like, maybe she was back for, like, diplomatic stuff every once in a while, or maybe for whatever reason, you know, none of the Mantarians have been able to return. I, I don't know what the situation is. I didn't really flesh that out. Um, okay, what I what I gathered or, or pictured was that since the king and queen are pretending to cooperate with the Empire, that they're still mm-hmm. there, and they're ruling and maintaining okay. order. Um, mm-hmm. Sidonia could be there, might have some freedom to travel off-planet or not, but a lot of the population still is there, even if it's a population that's dwindling because of the mm-hmm. species' um, reproductive health issues, and there are you know, void empire colonists moving in on, on the land. You don't have to worry about it. They're just going to settle all of the land places and sure it's not anything that they're doing like pollution wise that's causing your your people's uh health problems or anything no that's that's the thing i, I can tell you're being sarcastic <laughs> or not ray sorry but yeah no, that's i definitely, definitely am <laughs> yeah that's definitely happening definitely am. Mm-hmm. is that known that that's happening or is that Ooh. is that like a secret to everybody um you you are you I are anticipating like some of that's my like not yeah. a secret but a lot of people outside of the planet can't bring themselves to like care enough to call action to it. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm not drawing from real life experience <laughs> at all about how we, you know, face atrocities these days. <laughs> yeah. Or just like feel like they they aren't in a position to to do anything about it yet. But we're right. working on it. Right. Oh exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we're <laughs> aiming to reduce uh, the pollution by 10% over the next 20 years. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. Cool. Great. Um, so, so it sounds like they're actually using your world maybe in an industrial way. So there, there might be some natural resource. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Okay. So if you haven't been here for a while, it might be less lustrous than you remember it, you know, even just oh, a few years ago. Yeah. And it doesn't really smell like home. Um, but you, so when you first spot it, you're like, oh yes, it's my home planet. It's that shiny blue orb in the blackness of space. 
And then you get closer, and you can see the Void Legion star cruisers that are you know, stationed around it, and a, a, a star base that's there. There's a pretty heavy military presence because the Void Empress is either here or will be here personally. And then just the closer you get to the surface, the more you see that things have changed, that you know, there's some factories belching up smoke. The event is being held on land because all of the Void Empire people who are coming are, are land species. Your parents told you to brush up on your land dancing because you would be <laughs> dancing you know, on the surface and... Um, you know, maybe there will be some aquatic dancing at the after party if you hit it off with one of the suitors, but for the main event, then you should, you should be prepared to, to do Void Empire, uh, surface dancing, but it should be easy to learn. It's only two dimensions. You can do it. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, it's basically, it's definitely, um, you know, historical. This is the surface palace of the um, Mantarian royalty, and it's been adapted and added onto. There are definite Void Empire architectural elements. There's this like big hover landing pad, and you can see at the at the highest level of the landing pad connecting to the royal tower, the Void Empress's yacht is is there and this is like a murder yacht it, it's it's a fun yacht and a murder yacht and like mel you know those things don't have to be different um in the void empire <laughs> so when i say yacht that does not mean that it can't uh you know un unleash some chemical weapons and um death beams because obviously it can it's very luxurious look looking exactly <laughs> Tenta is able to fly in without trouble. She's invited, and you you arrive um, as the festivities are in the final stages of preparation. So, Sidonia, your parents expect you to help host the the event, but they also recognize that you will be spending most of your time with your suitors who are Raphael and God Raymond. <laughs> Sorry, I really enjoy Ninja Turtles and Good Omens and <laughs> Well, the your your mother your mother delightedly informs you that Raphael is extremely fertile and is from <laughs> oh, a, deep, a deep current. <laughs> God, Raph is sometimes the fan of bicycle too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. What are you telling me? Are you telling me that Raphael the Ninja Turtle is is phenomenally extremely fertile? Is that is that what I'm learning today for the first time? I I wouldn't say fertile. I would he, yes yes. He's very shippable. <laughs> Whereas Raymond is is uh, extremely extremely popular, and uh, both of them are the the heirs to duchies and um both would be an excellent match and um they they are delighted that you are that you are back and that you can uh fulfill your your role as princess of Sunautica. what do you think about that one question do Raphael and is it I my mind says Raphael. It's alright if I pronounce it that way, or should I stick with Raphael for continuity? <laughs> it depends on how much you want them to be manta ray jokes. <laughs> uh, oh god. <laughs> that's smart. That's very good. Okay. Yes. Uh yeah, alright. Let me take it back. Um do Raphael and Raymond uh, both have official titles? Like, are they princes or are they just noblemen? What's their deal? What's a duke's son name? I, like, heir apparent to the duchy of... Probably just Lord. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. That's a good default. <laughs> yeah. Or Lord or Liege, both are good. Yeah. Um, they, well, not anymore. Lord. They're, done with, they're done with Liege because the Void Empire... Uh, 
and wants oh, to know right. if you're a lord or a lady. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. Gross. Gross. <laughs> so, yeah, so so how do you react? How do I react when, how does Sidonia react when she's given this news? I think she just very quietly swallows her reaction um, mm-hmm. just kind of smiles and nods and promises her parents she will make an effort to at least meet them and introduce herself. <laughs> and they seem happy with that answer, regardless of how insufficient it really is. <laughs> okay. They definitely will mention, as you know, the future stability of the world depends on your finding a good match. And there are dissident elements that seek to overthrow the monarchy. They don't understand how hard we are working to to protect them under void empire rule. And mm-hmm. there are there are questions around the the viability of your rule, which we would like to see put to rest. Mm-hmm. So no pressure or anything. <laughs> and it's so lovely to see you. It's been it's been too long. So. <laughs> yes, hello father, hello mother. <laughs> Everything will be um, fine, great. I'm sure. This is this is great. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Um yeah. so on the guest list there are people that you know, why would I tell you that? Why don't you just go into the party and get surprised by seeing people you already know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think the first person that you are going to notice, let's say, it, actually, let me just check. Is there anything um, that you want to do before the party is in full swing? That is the time that people will be most occupied for you to do your hijinks. But um, if there's anything you want to do in preparation, um, let me know. So are we like in a ballroom right now or you can be where? if you want, right? Like you are not yet expected to be there. Sidonia has has gone to meet the parents. Could bring any of you if any of you want to be introduced. Though of course it's dangerous since you're rebels. <laughs> I think Aurelia is 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 playing is is trying to um stay off the radar as much as possible. I, I was actually thinking about the the, uh, the the trench coat and hat is basically what she wears on the trip over. But I think that for the party, she will change into something that has like a military style cut to it. But it, it's not actually a military uniform. It just very strongly resembles one, has those influences, and is basically just kind of, yeah, I think trying to keep a low profile as much as possible at this party Mm -hmm. and is i think actually in this instance is going to be kind of following um keely and mel's lead as to when we should move on the yacht because mel knows the the yacht better than any of us and keely professionally breaks into places so yeah she's just going to be kind of lurking trying not to be suspicious <laughs> is this is this a palace that that uh Sidonia's family used to use probably well if it's on the land oh that's right yeah no never mind well okay, this is like mind. the surface say... palace you can breathe air right you're yeah you i'm an amphibious species water. i can walk and breathe air yeah yeah so this is the surface there are many palaces it's possible that Keely has recreationally broken into this palace a few times. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, Back you totally could have, right? Like, you were here for, you know, whatever season when the squid whales migrate in vast numbers and you you vacate the depths so that you don't get swept up by them and you, you dwell in the summer palace or the, yeah, the surface palace. And at some point, Keely broke in, right? And it's much more convenient for Keely to break in here, given that there's air. Yes. Cool. So you may have some fond memories of this place. Mm-hmm. And 
some knowledge of the layout and the people mm-hmm. and where they will be. <laughs> Which could be both a good side and a bad side, because there could be some who are like, you! <laughs> <laughs> if you had gone with the scoundrel playbook, then definitely there would be. Well, I there would be. in terms of being a person who'd broken in. <laughs> right, right, right. I think while we're still walking up to the ballroom, Mel kind of leans into everyone real quick and is like, so I should probably just ask her if I can go on the boat, right? Um, Void Empress. Wouldn't she recognize you? Maybe. Uh... I don't think I showed this. I don't think I showed this body to her. But that's the point, right? You want me to get you on the boat? Yes, but I think it should maybe just just you go on there, but we don't want her to be on there also. Okay. If we can avoid it. So. Then how yeah, do you, you can... get on the boat? You would let us on. Okay. Can I get food first? Yes. You didn't eat before this? <laughs> I, I ate on the way over, but I'm hungry. Again. Yeah. There's gonna be so much fancy food. <laughs> oh god, the seafood's gotta just be... <laughs> is it, is it uh, bad to be hungry again? No, no it's not. I just, um... It's very fast. You get hungry very fast, <laughs> I suppose. Um, yeah, I'm big. <laughs> <laughs> why Why don't we head in and start uh, figuring out our approach? Yeah, it sounds like um, the, the top priority first step is uh, raid the buffet. So, um, you <laughs> are... <now> at least. <laughs> You are not people who get announced as you enter, um, but you do hear as you enter that the Countess Mordrella, who is a Void Empire fancy pants, is being announced uh, as as she arrives. So this is a tall, gaunt, pale... Oh no, she's actually buff. This is a tall, buff, pale woman with red eyes and an enormous sword of like jagged bone and what looks like flesh that she has strapped over her Jesus. back because that's how things are what was that i was just like, wow sort of flesh that's weird <laughs> no i love it it um, has like bloodborne energy almost <laughs> yeah mel i'm not sure that you've you've necessarily met her uh, she, i i don't think i cared about anyone else in the void empire oh, okay cool 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 perfect <laughs> you so if you don't if you don't didn't care about other people in the void empire then mel you may not recognize but aurelia you definitely recognize captain bycross who is the captain of the iss insatiable and was the one who accepted the surrender of at Astra your world you have definitely okay. you have definitely crossed swords with her cool <laughs> and she is chatting with uh, a sort of circle of imperials and mantarians and she has not spotted you yet she would probably recognize you but that has not yet happened you're devoted to freeing Adastra, not avenging yes. Adastra, right? So you're not, Correct. you know, honor bound to go up and challenge this person. But she is there. She is. She has short, uh, cropped blonde hair and is just in her Void Legion dress uniform. And she has a. She of course also has a sword at her hip. Okay. Yeah, I think that Aurelia is going to more or less try to avoid her because much as I might want to 
you know, it would be personally satisfying to kick her ass, but it would be bad for the mission as the whole if she recognized me. So Aurelia's goal is to kind of keep an eye on her, but also keep a, her distance of just don't try to avoid getting noticed. <laughs> Great. And Princess Sidonia is someone who would be announced uh, on entering. So if the others would like to not be conspicuous, you're going to have to enter separately. Yeah. Yeah. Mel is conspicuous. <laughs> <laughs> when you do enter and are announced, you definitely fe get that feeling of the attention of the room on you very heavily. And all of these people want something from you. And pretty immediately, Lord Raphael will approach you and, and say, um, you're even more beautiful in person. Would you do me the honor of the first dance? Pleasure is mine, Lord Raphael. Of course, I will dance with you. He is he is Tiger Ray. So oh, yeah, Manta yeah. Ray got those flap flaps by the head, but Tiger mm -hmm. Stripes and is pretty aggressive but not quite disrespectful. Definitely like I'm hot stuff and you're going to know it because we're dancing. I see. So he's very full of himself. Yeah, he's very yeah. Yeah, he's very uh confident in his uh physical appeal. Yeah, is much more physical than he is about like talking, but but mm. you know can do can do small talk. Yeah. Should we should we role play out a scene or? If it's totally up to you, how much you want to zoom in on that. Um, um, I just don't want things to come to a halt just because we're making awkward small talk in character. <laughs> no, um. we shouldn't do that. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we can just say that's what happens and move on. Great. Yep. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yep. Mel leans into Keeley. Why is she dancing when everyone else looks like they want to eat her? <laughs> because Shouldn't that's how she court fight works. Them? That's dumb. <laughs> I love Mel. Amazing. <laughs> yep. Mel says what we're all feeling. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to uh, go get food. Cool. I think what I would like is for you to give me a defy disaster roll. Oh, okay. Because uh, oh, no. you do, it turns out that some of the, or at least one of the Void Legion attendees, and the Empress isn't there yet, will potentially recognize you. And I... I I'm actually not sure you're even trying to, um, you know, be inconspicuous, right? Like, you're pretty confident that no one's going mm -hmm. to recognize you. Am I right? Uh, yeah, but okay. even if they do, I don't really care. Yeah, no, then don't roll. So, um, <laughs> Countess, <laughs> Countess Mordrella approaches you and kind of conspicuously sniffs <laughs> at you and says... Mel seems confused for a second, and then also, like, leans slightly in and sniffs her back. Cool. She smells like blood. Oh, so she smells good then. Yeah, she smells really good. <laughs> well, well, Meliarix, you, uh, you, you changed your look. Um, yeah. The building wouldn't really fit me otherwise <laughs> who and are have you? you have you done so at uh, our empress's behest or for your own purposes um i did it because i want to Mm-hmm. i don't know where the empress is oh she'll be here soon enough and she'll be delighted i'm sure to learn where you've been all this time um yeah I hope so, too. Who are you again? 
I am Countess Mordrella of the Imperial Void Legion. I was the one who led us to victory on three different worlds where where you were deployed to cause devastation. Of course, I would recognize your scent, Meliarix. But you truly you 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 truly don't have any recollection. I mean, I remember those fights because I won them. <laughs> you truly are an animal. Um, yeah, I'm a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> well, so she's gonna just like reach up and try to like touch your jawline. <laughs> uh, I think Mel just kind of reacts slightly like you know when like a dog doesn't want to be touched right now and they just kind of easily like back away a little bit Mm -hmm. and they give you that like look in their eyes uh, like "Mm, no (laughs) yeah she's like "Uh i've always been curious how dragon tastes i mean then you should go hunt one. Oh, I'd be delighted to. I'll take you up on that when my duties are complete. And okay. yours as well. I hope you're ready for fire. I can smell the disloyalty in the air here. Once we've rooted out, I'm sure the Empress will expect you to participate in the punishment. Yeah. Yeah, I can bring the fire. Very good. Then, until our hunt, Meliarix. And she will. I don't think it's until she leaves that she realizes, oh, she wants to hunt me. <laughs> She's such a useless lesbian. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> she can't realize what she's being hit on. <laughs> I. I think over the course of the conversation, her left arm has just slowly gathered food. (laughs) Just has like a handful of prawns. Uh Oh, yes. (laughs) Shoving butt sticks into my bag. I'm sorry, I need to go. (laughs) (sighs) Great. Love it. Um, Do you tell anyone else about this conversation? Um... I, I think I I think I will. Um but first I think Mel wanders around the party eating and being awkward for a hot minute. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh all right. Does anyone else have an agenda before um My agenda is to corner the person who is talking to my partner to say hello. <laughs> You you mean the countess or Raphael? Yes. Who's your partner? Yeah, okay. Countess. Um, that was my my business partner? Question mark. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm you protected. can do so. Uh, yes, I would like to corner the countess and engage in I think what Meliarix would see as smiling while really wanting to bite. Oh, good. Yeah, what do you say to her? That looks like an interesting conversation you were having over there. My conversations are always interesting. And you are? Oh, I think you'll get to know who I am soon enough. But I just wanted to make sure you knew. Any funny business towards Meliarix is going to have to go through me first. Ooh, a threat. Or perhaps an invitation. It's up to you. And when will I have the joy of learning who you are? You know, I haven't decided yet. So if you would like to either entice or figure out uh, Mordrella, that you can do either of those things, or we can do free roleplay as you prefer. I think it might be a figure out. I also didn't know where I was going with this. It's fine. I just, I just, <laughs> she has a protective streak. With Meliarx yeah. for some reason, even though Meliarx is a dragon and can protect herself. Also, if you don't know what you're doing, that means you're playing the Han Solo archetype perfectly. This is right, yeah. perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, and 
And you are her protector. You must either be very powerful or very ignorant of her, of, <laughs> of, of this person that you're calling your partner. Let's go with very ignorant. If that makes you Did feel you better. Did you say let's go with very ignorant? If it makes you feel better. So go ahead and try to figure her out. Roll plus wit. I have decent wit. I have a plus one. Let me roll my 2d6s. Oh, that's a nine. Amazing. So you get to ask two of those questions, and she gets to ask one of you. Oh, actually, that's perfect for this conversation. Uh-huh. Um, so... What do you hope to get from Meliarix? Mordrella, um, so to be clear, like, these aren't necessarily things the characters say out loud. You can yeah, just no, no, ask no. point blank, but it's, it's something that you, you learn the answer of through, um, interacting. So you see, when you mention Mel, she looks across the room and licks her lips a little subtly, and you can see fangs. And uh, when she said that she wanted to taste the dragon, it was not exclusively in a sexual way. Cool. Awesome. Don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to know. So she wants to know what you hope to get from attending this celebration. What I hope to do is to protect the people I care about. Which I think is probably pretty clear from the way that she's being protective of Meliarx. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And you get another question. How can I get you to leave Meliarx alone? Or if you don't want to leave her alone, at least, like, skew the equation towards, uh, the sexual tension part and not towards the literally eating part. Yeah. Um, so, uh, she reassures you that whatever her intentions towards Meliarix, it'll it'll only leave her slightly worse for the wear, and and she expects that that the the dragon would. In, she maybe refers to her as a beast. I think the beast the beast would enjoy it. You get the sense that Mel isn't in danger of dying, or or anything like that from Mordrella at this point. But if you wanted her to completely leave Mel alone, that would be something where, you know, if the Void Empress had a different command for her, or if they were, if she had a more urgent priority, she can set these things aside for the business of perpetuating the Empire. But she's feeling very confident and very much in control of everything here. This is a subjugated planet. And uh, it will be fun to root out the traitors. Yeah, that's that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'd like to see a little Aurelia. So you're trying <laughs> to keep a low profile at the party. Do you think there are any other rebellion contacts on this world? Like maybe this faction that um, isn't friendly to the monarchy that Aurelia might know about or be in contact with? Um, yeah, I think so. I think that... Um... I can kind of see where Aurelia has been kind of trying to, because like obviously the monarchs can't openly maintain a relationship with the that this other more more uh, underground um, or not underground underwater more grassroots <laughs> yeah more grassroots uh, rebel faction. So I think Aurelia has been kind of in touch with them mm -hmm. and basically has also been sort of towing the line of like. Listen, there are things going on that are bigger that you like you need to be patient. We're working on it. Um, if you just strike recklessly, it's gonna be bad. And I think that's been kind of the like Aurelia will provide them with like supplies and and assistance, but is basically telling them to like take care of your people, don't try to pick a fight. Okay. I think that's been kind of the nature of the relationship she's had Perfect. with that group. So yeah. um, 
you recognize um, one of your contacts uh, is one of the servers who's going around and, and sharing hors d'oeuvres and everything. Um, and your your rebel sense tells you that she's in contact with other other folks who have infiltrated the staff of the party. Shenanigans are afoot. Yeah, I think I'm going to basically just wait until like her her tray is empty, and then kind of follow her back when she's heading back to like the kitchen to to refill it, mm-hmm. and then like catch up with her when we're you know kind of in a, a more secluded spot. Sure. Uh, to just be like, hey. Yeah, like she even, you know, when her tray is empty, she like shifty eyes, looks back and forth and goes and like lays it down and then goes off. So you can you can catch her away from the main festivities. Yeah. So you, you're like, hey, what's up? Uh, no, <laughs> more formal than that. Be like, what uh, brings you here? I wasn't aware that you worked at the Surface Palace. Oh. Do you have like a an operative name or are you just Aurelia to to her? I think just Aurelia. Or do you have like a title? Like you you wear a military uniform. Are you like a Oh, captain. Captain. Okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Captain Aurelia. You did mention that you would be here though it was it was you're not clear what the rebellion would be doing to help us. Do you care to enlighten me now? Well, no. <laughs> we have things that we're doing. I wasn't aware that there was... Sorry, there was an engine. I wasn't aware that you were doing anything that needed help. And you don't need to be. <sighs> we appreciate all of your your supplies and encouragement and uh, statements of solidarity. And we also appreciate that there is a line that uh, you will not cross in your assistance to our uh, resistance to the occupying empire. And, you know, I can, I can respect that, but I can't tie our hands. We are going to do what has to be done. You are going to upend things that we have been working for for a very long time by acting rashly and gain nothing. You're going to hurt your people with whatever you're doing. Then tell me what you're doing. Tell me what your plan is. This is our world. This isn't your world. You don't tell us how to conduct our resistance. If you have advice to give us, if you have information that would be helpful, then share it. I'm not one of your soldiers. I think that she kind of glances around to to make sure that no one is is close and then is going to say, I am working with some allies uh, from both on the planet and elsewhere to steal information that will be very valuable to our efforts directly from the Empress herself. So you can understand that this is a very delicate operation that we only just learned of her arrival recently. So there wasn't really a chance to coordinate plans. Well, then I can tell you that you have about an hour to do whatever your mission is that's going to help your rebellion. And then it's not going to be quiet around here anymore. <laughs> I think Aurelia just sort of stares at her for a couple seconds and then just like, it's like, very well, I have to collect some people and then we'll turn on her heel and stride <laughs> off. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Uh, <laughs> and with that. Done. <laughs> oh no, I need the dramatic. Give me the dun dun dun. Dun dun dun! <laughs> Going back into the ballroom, who do I spot first? <laughs> it's probably Princess Sidonia, uh, but it could okay. it could be it could be Mel. 
Um, I like the idea that you see Princess Sidonia first and Mel just kind of wanders up beside you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out how to go talk to, to Sidonia because she's still occupied with dancing. I also uh, very and much Mel wanders up. I like I also very much like the idea that when you enter the room, um Sidonia looks over her shoulder and kind of just gives you help me eyes. Like get me out of this <laughs> yeah. situation. Right. No, the Lord Raymond is telling you about his uh centrist policies that well not exactly he's a he's the royalty or nobility <laughs> but but yeah he um he he has a lot of ideas for the future of your planet and how it could prosper under the umbrella of the void empire your plans do not appear to be as ambitious as some would say and you do you have ambitious plans for our world None other than my mother and father have laid out for me, but I'm I'm working on it. Come now, you must have you must have some ideas from what I hear. You're a, a brilliant young woman. My focus right now is leading our people back to former prosperity and taking to the throne and choosing a suitor. Of course, and, and just as they should be. And I would be honored to guide you in that manner. <laughs> yeah, I hear gagging noises. That's right. <laughs> as, uh, as would I. Yeah. I don't know if you saw in the chat, but I have Yes, yeah, yeah, I want to make good on that. <laughs> Can we can we cut over real quick to Aurelia and Mel because I have an idea. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> so I think while that conversation is is happening, um, Aurelia is trying to figure out how to uh, <laughs> how to do a rescue mm-hmm. when Mel wanders up. Can 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 what's my name? Can Keely also wander up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it's become a group effort to save this child. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta rescue you so we can go do crime. <laughs> um. So the Void Empress isn't here. Yes. Uh, we have a problem. Uh, there's some factions on this planet who are planning to uh, take matters into their own hands, let's say, and we have about an hour before this situation is completely out of our control. So I don't think we can wait for her to show up. Oh, that's bad, I think. It's, yes, yes, bad. You're correct. Um, uh, Okay. I think... Maybe the two of you should start making your way to the yacht, and I will uh, get the the princess uh, away from all this so that we can... (sighs) Yeah, it looks like that guy is trying to be her mate, and I thought you were her mate. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me? No, no. That's what the dancing means, right? No, I am her guard when she has need of it uh and i i consider her a friend but no oh well usually dragons don't like protect each other unless they're mated so i just thought sorry i'll go to the boat no no it's perfectly perfectly fine um i'm going to go get the princess (laughs) Aurelia takes off. (laughs) Amazing. Um, So yeah, Uh, how are you going to approach getting her out of this situation? uh, I mean, I want to follow up on the idea that was proposed of cutting in on this dance. Yeah. So so that's going to be a defied disaster. And the potential disasters that could befall you are being recognized as you go to the center of attention uh, and causing a social incident as you um, as you interfere with this interaction that 
uh the the royalty really wants to be happening Sidonia accepted uh so tell me your approach to if you are trying otherwise you can just cause a disaster like that's great oh but no no, if no. You would like I would to not... I, I think I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with uh, just sort of looking at the options here. I think I'm going to approach with with grace, swiftness, and elegance. So I want to basically just be the cut in on this dance and then very c- gracefully <laughs> move us away from the center of attention mm-hmm. and out of the ballroom entirely. That's perfect. Yeah, just blend in with the motions of the room so it doesn't attract attention. Uh, in theory, sounds like a great plan. Let's see how the dice go. Yeah. Ooh, that is a 13. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have a plus two to grace and I got an 11 on the dice. Okay. So wow. then um, what happens is the moment that you start to cut in is the moment that the Imperial fanfare begins and yeah. everyone's attention is drawn to the arrival of the Void Empress. So the Void Empress Perfect. hovers in. She is wearing a sort of like an exoskeleton of polished gold and hovering and has long crown of spines like Hela from uh-huh. Thor Ragnarok and uh, is, is sort of larger than life in appearance and wears her uh, visor down. So she actually has an armored helm mask and then like two overly large glowing purple eyes over her face. Mel has seen her face, but most of you have not. And so the heralds are announcing it takes them a couple of minutes to go through all of her honorifics and titles, the most majestic protector of Sunautica and the grand imperial magnificence of the blood nebula and like (laughs) blah 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 you have the perfect distraction to make your exit and you've learned that she is off of her yacht yes thanks for listening part two of thirsty sword lesbians will be posted next week visit magpiespodcast.net every other Tuesday to catch the latest episodes of The Magpies. Thirsty Sword Lesbians was created and GM'd by April Walsh. Follow her on Twitter at GaySpaceshipGMs and check out Thirsty Sword Lesbians on Kickstarter now. Captain Aurelia Quintus was played by Rhee. Follow her on Twitter at Rhiannon42 and visit RPGSkillCheck.net for her copy editing and accessibility consulting services. Keely was played by Minna. Follow her on Twitter at MinaMinar. Meliarix the Void Dragon was played by Josie. Follow her on Twitter at DragonGirlJosie. Princess Sidonia was played by Kim Kogut. Follow her on Twitter at KimDeannaJones. This episode was edited by Tracy Barnett. You can follow them on Twitter at TheOtherTracy and learn about their games and freelance work at theothertracy.com. The credits music is Equal Proportions by David Hillowitz and is used under a Creative Commons license. Thirsty Sword Lesbians is published by Evil Hat Productions and can be found online at swordlesbians.com and sword.gay. <laughs>